Welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast, sponsored by NSX Channel on Instagram, your number one source of NSX content. My name is Jay Finning. I am your host. I am your tour guide. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. For the rest of you, welcome back. So for all you newcomers, this is the non-automotive automotive podcast, so don't let the title fool you. What that means is I have segments dedicated to cars. I may talk about cars like my rental car. Anything else goes. I have a Q&A segment. I have a segment where I can bring in whoever I want from the internet and interview them. That's actually my favorite part. Before I go any further, here's your 60-second advertisement for Gabe Hernandez. Chingona. Border on Fire. This is Este Vato, his second comic book. Get involved. Back to project today on Indiegogo for Este Vato. The Hitman Story, the second comic to the Chingona Border on Fire released this year. Get involved. They have some great rewards at many pledge levels. Go to Indiegogo.com. Search the projects Este Vato, E-S-T-E-V-A-T-O. Watch the video on the campaign page. Make a pledge. Share with your social networks as well. Gabriel Hernandez with GH Comics is excited to bring you the second story to follow up the Chingona series Border on Fire. Este Bato, a.k.a. The Dude, introduces you to the uprising of a young boy who moves to the ranks of the cartel world. They also introduce you to other villains as well, but the first nemesis and arch rival of Chingona is the infamous Este Bato. Learn more about the comic, the creator, the series, and how to get involved with this project. Offering some exclusive early bird discounts. Again, that's Este Bato. Hitman Story on Indiegogo. Go support today. Can't wait. I know I say it all the time, but I can't wait. I'm going to give some uh, some comic book art and stuff, and I'll show it on my main Instagram page, jtravels, J-H-A-E underscore travels. If you missed that, it's going to be in the description of the show. So today is my standard show format. I just got back from Grand Rapids, Michigan. One of my dearest friends just got married, Crump. So Crump was on a podcast episode around the U.S. in COVID-19, something like that. Probably two months ago, three months ago. Hell, I don't know. Just look at the show description, season two, episode something. COVID-19 around the U.S. So he got married, and this actually gave me an opportunity to rent a vehicle. What that means is I have a rental car review, and this is a vehicle that I've had before. And as a matter of fact, I completely destroyed this vehicle. So this is part two, essentially. It's got another life with me. It has another. It had another opportunity to shine. So that's coming up in a little bit. We have the Q&A segment, of course, and we have guests coming in for the social media highlight. That's going to be Puzzled Minds, John and Tarawa of the Puzzled Minds podcast. That's actually coming up next. And we're joined by Wes Tankersley for the Builder's Corner segment. But before I go any further, there's something I've wanted to talk about for a while. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but there's this thing. According to eBay, I've been a member since April 4th of 2000. That means I've been part of eBay for longer than some of you have even been on this earth. That's 20 years, three going on four months. I've done Craigslist. I do Facebook Marketplace. There's this thing. So, and even buying and selling car parts, you list something for sale and you say your best offer. Or you go to buy something and it's for or best offer. But here's the thing. Or best offer means you have a price set in your head because you say, I want $300 or best offer, which usually means best reasonable offer. But what happens? On Craigslist, and we all know this, is someone hits you up and is like, hey, I got $75, ready to make a deal. Where can I meet you? I can be available now or I can be, mail- be available at five. Which one works best for you? Bro, $300. How about you keep your $75 and go f- buy something else? Then there's a the guy or gal who says, what's the least you'll take? Well, I would have listed it for that. That's why it's called our best offer. You make me an offer and I decide if it's good enough, because in my head, I have a number. It's like selling a car, right? You want $17,000. You know the car's worth about seventeen. You're hoping to get at least twelve out of it, because maybe you owe a little bit of money or whatnot, or the car needs to be fixed up. So you say, okay, I'm going to list it for seventeen. You tell people in your, in your circle, I'm going to list it for seventeen. i I'm hoping I get at least twelve. That means somewhere between twelve and seventeen would be great. Anything over seventeen would be stupid, because that's what you have listed for sale. And anything under twelve isn't really going to work for you. Somewhere in there is a sweet spot. Don't hit people up and say, what's the least amount you'll take? Then there's the other thing. And this is something that's frustrated me on eBay. Someone says, I'm selling this item for $150 or best offer. 
and you could submit an offer and they can either have a price to automatically decline it up until a certain point or it hits their queue and they review it and decide whether or not they're going to give it to you for that amount. So if it costs 150 bucks and I'm looking at like, huh, I'm looking at the comps, other things around. I've seen some that sell for 120, some that sell for 170. They want 150 plus shipping. I sent an offer. I said, I'll give you 130 shipped. Declined. I was like, okay, fair enough. I'll give you 130 and I'll pay shipping. Declined. Huh. 135, declined. 140, declined. They send a counteroffer. I'll take 145 for it. Wait a minute. You have a list for 150 or best offer, but the lowest you're willing to take is 145. Why don't you list it for one more, 145? What is this 150 or best offer? Because it's not like I'm going to offer you 170 for it. Like, get the hell out of here. Everybody listening to this falls somewhere in that spectrum. Don't be that person. Because some of y'all are guilty. What's the lowest you'll take? Get the hell out of here with that shit. If you're trying to sell something and you say best offer, but you're not really, really willing to budge very much, then just ask for that price. Now, I can see if it costs $1,000 and I offer you 700 and you're like, uh-uh. Because when you really want 850 which you'll be willing to take up to 1000 But if you're not even coming off 10%, get the hell out of here. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Coming up, Puzzled Minds. It's time for the social media highlight of the week brought to you by Kuya Automotive. Currently specializing in new and used NSX parts, NSX owners, hurry up and head over to Kuya Auto. That's one word and inquire about group buy special pricing or on Instagram at Kuya underscore automotive. That's Kuya Automotive where Big Brother's looking out for you. Today's, I'm just going to say it, man. Sorry, John. I'm just going to say it. Today's special guests, one of my favorite podcasts. John and Tadiwa, Puzzle Minds Podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for making the time. So earlier I was chatting with John about using everybody's a special guest. And I said, I think we in our in our industry, we overuse that because if everyone's a special guest, it's like participation trophies, right? So that's at some point we have to have like a really special guest, not just a guest or a friend. Yeah, yeah, so I I told them I was like, you know, we're gonna cancel you if we don't get that that quote special in front of our names. So you know, you're saved from the cancellation this month, Jay. Thank you so much, and and you know, going forward, that's fine because I've had you on the podcast now, and I've been on your podcast, so it's fair exchange. <laughs> so tell my listeners because I've talked about you before. I bragged about your podcast. It's one of the few mm-hmm. podcasts that I listen to, and God, we have so many people that listen to this that know both of us. How did we get started with Puzzle Minds? Today, you wanna you wanna tell them the the rooftop story and how this whole started, and then I'll kind of so, go into like the name. And I've always stuff. been well, I've always been uh, forced to be the origin story voice. I'm like yeah. the movie <laughs> Freeman guy in an episode of whatever, you know. But uh, pretty much, it was the night before John's wedding. Sounds pretty dramatic because it was. We were uh, at the what, go what on. club were we at then? We were at like some random club, and um, it was like a rooftop bar. I can't remember. No, what hold it up, was. hold up. So yeah. where are you guys? Uh, in New York City. And so we were, I can't remember the club. I'll have to look it up maybe or something like that. But it was like a rooftop bar that we had. And um, I'll pass that story back on to Tadewa. Yeah, sorry Tadewa. <laughs> sorry to completely hijack your shit. I'm, I'm coming, I'm trying to come in with this heat, bro. And you keep killing it, man. <laughs> I had the momentum going. <laughs> but, um, it's a dry yeah, heat. But, but uh, pretty much, yeah, dude. We were... Um, like at this random club and I mean for the most part everyone's like kind of drinking chilling and then you know how it always goes the longer you are chilling drinking the weirder conversations get so at one point we get into the topic of how much money would you do for x action or whatever situation right and then at some point we segue i don't know if you guys are familiar with the makeup artist uh jeffree star i i have nothing on that <laughs> but through my Jeffree Star is like this makeup artist. I'm sure you know a lot of the female listeners in your podcast know who he is. But Jeffree Star, like he's a androgynous kind of guy, like super tatted up. At the same time, wears wigs. He's like no no gender. Pretty much the guy is like an alien, right? right. Anyway, we're like, well, how much money would you have to be paid to have sex with Jeffree Star? So as quiet as it is right now, it was that <laughs> quiet on our rooftop. I was like, oh, uh, what the fuck? So you know how it is, there's always those scenarios where no one wants to give their answer first because if you set the bar too low, people are like, what the fuck, you're asleep. But at the same time, too high, they're like, wait, you're bougie as fuck, bro. And everybody has a number in their head. Yeah, everyone already has a number. So 
first, obviously, it started off really high. We pretty much started at like, I don't know, like, obviously, it's always a million dollars. You know, a million dollars is a good, like, baseline for to do most, you know, most acts. You know, it's like right, most right. acts about judgment. So let me tell you, by the time, uh, about an hour later, we got that number down to $5,000. <laughs> and we're like, you know what, the way, how intricate it was, because every single person was like sitting there trying to like almost play their answer off somebody else. We're like, well, would anyone know I did it? Would it have to be recorded? Like we got, went through all these crazy scenarios. We're like, you know what, if we had recorded this conversation, it would have been a hit. Like it would have been fucking hilarious. So John and I, maybe like a week or two later, we're like, you know what? We always have these random conversations just like that rooftop conversation. Why don't we just start recording it? And pretty much that's how it kind of like got birthed. And then here we are now. Yeah. And so the name, that one took a while because I was like, I, I wanted to call it Pandora's Box. And it was more so of like, you know, kind of how you open up Pandora's Box and everything is released. And so the, it was sure. kind of like how you... You open up the box into our minds and you'll kind of see like what we talk about. But Pandora's box had like a like a negative connotation with it. And so I was like, man, I don't I don't really like that. And so I said something about puzzling. And I was like, uh, maybe we should use the same concept of of having puzzle pieces as our mind. And we're kind of like piecing those 2 a.m. thoughts together and it clicked. And so that's kind of like the. The origin of it like it's just these weird ass conversations of how you know we'll be talking about like anime one one moment and then two hours later you know we'll be talking about how do you think the world will end with with asteroids like it's just one thing leads to another and yeah so do you guys i mean obviously you're at his wedding you guys have a history of just kind of randomly talking about stuff because we all have that friend you know mm -hmm. i think everybody should have that friend or family member but i prefer friends to where you just talk about random shit. Because I think it's a great idea for a podcast. And for you guys, I think it works really well. I mean, we kind of did all the time. I would always, like, randomly hit up John. Because typically, I'd always thought about, like, you know, we were both big anime guys. So, like, oh, did you watch that episode of, you know, like, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z or My Hero Academia or whatever. And then it would always segue off of one thing. That's the funny thing about it. It'd always be one thing. We'd be like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's like, that's crazier than, like, what Kanye did. And, you know, by the way, you know what Kanye's doing and all this shit with Kim Kardashian? And Kim Kardashian's fake ass. And what about the fake ass epidemic that's going on? They would just keep segueing. And then two hours later, like, we'd be talking about, like, what John said, something random. But we always started, we'd just keep going on random things. And it always started from just initially, like, one train of thought. And then we're like, man, you can just record this stuff. Because sometimes we would say some stuff. I'm like, Jesus, if someone had told me that, I would have thought that was gold. So we're trying to recreate the same stuff, but initially it's kind of hard because I feel like when you have a mic in front of you or, you know, you know that like, quote unquote, people are listening, all of a sudden the creative juices stop flowing. Uh, so that was kind of the tricky part. So initially our first, first couple of episodes, we almost like, I remember one time my girlfriend was telling me that like, she was like, you sound completely different when you record these podcasts. Like, come, like I, I have my work voice. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing it on purpose. But it was because I think I felt like, like I have to say the right thing or, you know, almost like be as funny or say, you know, be as random. And then I just kind of told myself, I'm like, all right, just picture yourself like you're just hammered in a bar. You don't care about who's around you. You're around a bunch of people, right? You say whatever, just have that same mindset and things tend to feel a little bit better. And that's kind of at least how I think about it every time we do an episode. Do you guys yeah. pregame? I don't. I actually, yeah, I don't. Uh, we actually... <laughs> It's actually kind of ironic that you say that because the you know we always say like those two a.m. bar thoughts, right? We don't we don't pregame. I didn't think about that, but yeah, we do try to like talk beforehand to kind of get the conversation going. Because before we used to be like and three, two, one, record, get creative. I'm like oh fuck, I don't know what to say. <laughs> then so, so we try to like kind of like pretty much get a conversation going like ten, fifteen minutes beforehand, and then we're like and we're going to record now. So our release ready to conversations flowing the juices are going and you're just now just recording in the middle of it versus being like trying to start it you know on the spot i think you can see the kind of uncomfortability in our earlier episodes they sound a little i don't want to say robotic but you can tell that there's not really like personality in it and that's unfortunate because i think a few of the the topics in the beginning were really like really good but you know it's it gets easier as you as you keep doing this and as you consistently do it so it's fun and i think that's the the best part about it is just that we can you know we're slowly creeping to that point where we can recreate those those type of conversations like you know how much would it take for you to fuck jeffree star like it's it's only a matter of time 
Right. And you guys just did your 14th episode on cancel culture and accountability. So you haven't really been doing this even that long. Yeah. So that one, that one was really fun. And I think it was, you know, something to think about kind of a truly like a 2 a.m. thought, you know, like is cancel culture going way too far with this? Do we need to shift to accountability culture or something of that nature? And again, if people want to check that out, that's their most recent one. And when I say recent, I guess it, it helps to give a date. So today is July 28th or 2020. So if you're listening to this and it's a month from now, first off, shame on you. <laughs> Secondly, you want to go back and listen to their episode 14 about cancel culture. No, I think it's a good topic. It's a hot topic in a sense, but it's it's a hot topic, but yet not everyone's talking about it. So I don't know if that really makes it a hot topic, but maybe everybody should because the stuff that you guys asked and, and talked to with your guests, they're important things. So you guys did the episode on the mind culture and that blew my mind. Like that blew my mind. Like what made you guys decide to do that one? How do you typically pick your topics? So the Mayan one, we kind of went with like the lost civilization type of like idea. Um, I think Tadeo had brought that idea to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds really fucking cool. Let's do that. Yeah. So you hear about all these civilizations like, you know, that existed, right? And we're like, what's the, what are the more interesting ones out of them? Because there are probably plenty of them that, you know, like have come and passed. But why are there certain ones that... For example, like still like like we still talk about today, even some that haven't even been proven to be true, like Atlantis is one of the Atlantis, right. Yeah, why is that always something that each generation has talked about Atlantis or even the Mayans to the point where every single date they have in their calendar, we're still like, Oh God, here comes the meteor. You know, we still like focus on it. So we kinda wanted to like just at least like delve into why certain, you know, mythological lost societies, you know, have more clout, I guess, than other ones. And the Mayans do I have a lot of influence today? And I know John did like a lot of research on that one as well. Yeah. So it was a, I don't know why we, I chose the Mayans out of all the other civilizations we could have done. But I think for me, at least like it was when I was doing the research on it, it was really, really interesting. Um, you, had, you had mentioned, I think like before this, that the, the Mesoamerican ball, uh, ball game, which essentially where the, the Mayans would roll, wrap these people up into like a ball and they would use, um, use it in, in this game. It's essentially it's like volleyball without the net. And so it's a form of like sacrifice in the sense of whoever lost that Mesoamerican ball uh, would be sacrificed to the gods, whether it be like beheading or I think it's called blooding. Uh, they would just take the blood out of you and use it to sacrifice to the gods. So that's bizarre. Where do they get the balls, the people from? Are they just random slaves kidnapping or are there are people who volunteer and that's like that's like the ultimate honor to be used as a ball and get your head chopped <laughs> off? Um, so I think, I, I think they went, I'm not sure if they went back and forth between using like an actual, like rubber ball that was like seven or six pounds. Um, but I want to say like the people that were the ball were the people that were like slaves or people they wanted to be sacrificed. Like it was like a, a wide range of things from what I remember. Well, we have so much revisionist history. Like a lot of those old cultures were like, okay, how were they really? And I could understand why they probably don't teach you that in school. This is violent as hell. I and mean, it's kind of wild how like certain stuff like that was just normal. Now we're kind of like, you can you imagine like people get decapitated now it makes like national news. Back then that was like a daily thing. The amount of like violence the average person would probably saw, you know, a couple of generations ago versus now where you see someone with like a gash in their arm, you're like vomiting over the place. Back then you're like 12 and you see people getting mutilated and on the daily. Yeah, man, that's some bizarre shit. And that's why I like your podcast so much because you guys talk about shit I sit there and think about all day, but I don't really want to say anything to anyone because if I say that to my wife, she's going to think I've been taking drugs or something. Or <laughs> but That's why I've told people to check out your podcast. No, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, the other question that you had was, you know, how do we get with these topics? And so, you know, we made a list from A to Z, or we tried to. We filled, I think, most of the letters out. And, you know, I was like, yeah, this, this would be a great topic. This would be a great topic. But we actually haven't, like, gone back to it that much. Yeah, so we don't go in alphabetical order, but we pretty much what we do is choose a topic based off the letter of the alphabet. So like A for anime or B for basketball. So we use the first letter and we just go in random until we hit all, you know, 26 letters of the alphabet. And then, you know, we'll just reset and do something different. maybe. Yeah. And so now we kind of like, we'll, sometimes we'll have a topic like three or four days beforehand. Usually it's a week before we'll like, you know, right after we're done recording one, we'll be like, already brainstorming like what we want to do next week um a little sneak peek i guess you know next actually this week we're going to be recording something about world war ii 
and it's like effects on Japanese like culture in terms of like fashion, anime, and stuff like that. It's based off a a book by a guy named Takashi. Uh, I don't want to butcher his name. Takashi Muramoto, I think. Um, so it's not the normal like World War II how it affected Japan, but more so in other senses of that. That sounds interesting. Obviously, I'm going to be tuned in. I have a couple of questions for you guys. So I, I ask my users to submit questions and I usually answer myself. But if I have a few that I can share with my guests, my special guests, like that, John, my very special guests, Thank you. I'm going to share them with you guys. And since there's a randomness to these questions that I picked, you guys have time for that? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's get weird. All right, let's get weird. I like that. Let's get puzzled. Oh, stay puzzled. There you go. Stay puzzled. Yeah. Strike for me. Slow Turbo, <laughs> which often writes to the show, asks, street tacos or shell tacos? So I'm going to go against the norm. I actually like hard tacos. I think it's good because of the crunch. But I do, uh, let me say that I do appreciate a street taco when it is um, wheat tortilla because fuck corn tortillas. Yeah, something about the crunch is is what I really like. I think it's, you know, the whole sweets versus salt type of thing. I've always been like a, a chip person. So any type of crunch, I'm, I'm with it. Dude, I'm mm. a little interested, man. Like, I like the street tacos because, like, I mean, like, I've always had a good experience with, like, street food, whether it's, like, food trucks or a hole-in-the-wall spot. And mm. I've always, I don't know, like, tacos have always been those things where, like, I'm, like, I've never had a bad taco, like, a bad street taco. I've had some, you know, bad, like, crunch tacos, but street tacos, I've always been, I'm like 10 to no. So I don't know. I go, <laughs> the, streets, the streets always call me. <laughs> so I grew up on the hard tacos. And so I, I've got, I kind of like both. One thing I hate is the soft corn tortillas. Mm. Uh, if I'm doing the soft, I'd rather do flour. The world. Yeah. They're terrible. But same for the crunch. Cause I, Hey man, in Texas, like, you know, we had taco night like once a week. And then once I started working and you know, you make a couple bucks not a lot, like literally a couple bucks and you want some food for, for lunch. You go over to Jack in the Box and get their deep fried tacos or whatever they were calling them. And I remember they used to be like two for a buck and they're all greasy, but they're still crunchy. So I'm on both sides, both sides of that. I think today I'm definitely more of a street taco person because mm. you get just enough of the tortilla to hold your food because there's nothing worse than access tortilla because if it's access, you might as well fold both ends and roll it over and now it's a burrito and no one talks about street <laughs> burritos. I actually had a, an experience with uh, a street taco, I think the day after my oral surgery. So I had both my wisdom teeth taken out and my wife was like, let's go get some street tacos. And I was like, I don't know if I can eat this. That's a terrible idea. It's, it's, I, I couldn't taste it. My mouth was numb. And I think I was just eating, like I had ice cream in my mouth, but I couldn't do anything. So it literally just like melted in my mouth and I just, it, I never got to eat it. So anyway, we, we went to go get street tacos and, um, it took me like 15 minutes to eat this like one piece of like pork, pork, uh, street tacos. But damn, man, if I could, if I could taste, I, I can guarantee you that would probably be the best taco I've ever had. Like best street taco. There's a place in Scottsdale and I don't recommend going there anytime soon because it's, we're a COVID hotspot, but there's a place in Scottsdale old town that every time we'd get out of the bar or club, you walk over there. And like they literally have the condiments. So you walk up to it, so you can't sit down, you order it. It's almost like a food truck, but it's stuck in one place. So it's not a food truck. But you walk up and you order it and you turn around and you put your shit on there and the cops are staring at you to make sure you're not too drunk and you just kind of wave and walk off and eat your food. <laughs> I have to, um, I don't really go to like the, that area, like the West Coast area. I just, just never really found myself around that area. But if we ever do, I'll definitely hit you up and, you know, to find that that place i'm always looking for a reason to go so i'm i'm down the so possum killer asks <laughs> uh, west side is the best side so possum killer asks how do you take your eggs uh i like mine fertilized, yes, fertilized. um i like mine what the hell is it called i the sunny side up where it's like the the yolk is still kind of runny ish but then like the, the egg white is like crispy as shit yeah, I don't know if that's sunny side up or over easy. We're, people listening will know that if you guys know the answer, or you can Google it real quick. Uh, I'm going to go with over easy, but burnt. Over easy slash burnt for mine. Maybe sunny side up when they don't flip it and sear the yolk. 
to to the egg and they just cook it one side up i'm just trying to think yeah that's what it is it's sunny side up so i like mine frizzled sunny side up that's what this picture says for me i'm trying to think i don't know like like, i the thing i've never been a big egg person i've always had eggs in conjunction like sandwiches like i've never had like just like eating like eggs by themselves right so all i know is i don't like hotel eggs like you get that continental bullshit breakfast like anything (laughs) but that i'm pretty i'm pretty much good to go I'm convinced those are powder, even if they're not. They are. They're like cement and paint, dude. It's terrible. It's like guaranteed diarrhea every time. Because they're they're curiously not lumpy, right? They're like a bunch of tiny little particles shoved together. It's like taking uh, it's like taking styrofoam and shaving it and painting it and sticking <laughs> it in like in a canister. I'm pretty sure they're 3D printed. But you, <laughs> 3D printed. <laughs> <laughs> the pan they go in is probably three D printed. But exactly. I would I would do this thing with at the at the hotel where you could take the you what you do is you take a coffee cup and you put some eggs in there and you have to put cheese. Like I feel like if you have to add cheese to eggs, they're probably not and I like cheesy eggs, but I mean if you have to add cheese to them to mask the flavor or to add flavor, then you're in a bad place to begin with. Exactly. And then you take like their bacon, their super thin bacon, which is basically one normal piece of bacon sliced five thick. And you pack it in the cup and you you put a spoon or a fork in there and then you put the lid on. And this is a coffee cup, so it has a little hole opening to sip through. And you slide that over the handle of your spoon or your fork and then you stick it in your backpack and go to work. Oh, like a to-go, broken-down egg sandwich? With a couple of breakfast. Boom, yes. We should, uh, we should make that. We should do that as a kind of like a, like a oatmeal. Like, you know how people have those like, microwave oatmeal cups? Yes. You do that with these eggs. There you go. Bad idea. But no, but if somebody else has cooked it, even if it's fake styrofoam eggs or 3D printed eggs, <laughs> eggs on the go, that's what you do. Mm. I think for me, yeah. when I'm ordering eggs out and about, and it's I'm, I'm the same. I don't just like whip out eggs. Like I don't walk around with a boiled egg in my pocket and just whip it out and sit down <laughs> and eat it and keep walking. Like uncooked bacon in one pocket, boiled egg in the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't walk around with that. But uh, for me, it's always scrambled hard. Anyway, everywhere I go, if I'm having breakfast, you know, let me get the eggs, let me get the bacon, maybe the sausage link. I have this thing with sausage links. I don't know. I don't know why. I just always, if there's one there, I'm grabbing it. And if it's a buffet, but I just get my eggs scrambled hard. Have you guys ever had your egg on a burger? Dude, I've actually yes. never had that, but I can see how that's good. I can't remember what it's type good. of burger I've had, but I think I have had that on there. It wasn't. Like it was the the sunny side up one or the yeah sunny yeah, side up it fucking goes all over the place. Yeah, it's very messy. Um, I actually have a question. So, do you like syrup on your eggs? I need you to submit this on Instagram real quick, and then I'll I'll post it, and then you can ask. <laughs> well, you know, since we're a special guest, I'm I'm bypassing oh, that's all true. that, and I'm just yep, gonna ask. Very good. So, I'm using my special special abilities. Uh, you like what the fuck did I say? Syrup, syrup on, the on eggs. your eggs. Yeah. The only reason why I ask that is because when I eat fried chicken and waffles, I put syrup on my chicken and hot sauce on my waffles. Is that like a, a bad thing to do? Am I banned from this from this podcast now? No, I don't think that's taboo at all. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how the eggs got in there if you're having chicken and waffles. <laughs> well, well no, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, the reason why I ask that is because you know how like if you use um uh like pancakes and or like French toast and, and eggs. Mm, French toast. You know? Yeah, so you use like French toast, you use the syrup on there and it kind of gets on the eggs, you know? Like some people, like I personally Some people get put, weird about that. Yeah, like food touching each other and stuff, like, you know, food so touching you guys eat actual like breakfast food. You seem like you guys are like full grown adults. I like eat whatever I feel like in the morning sometimes. Cause sometimes very rarely do I crave actual traditional breakfast food. Sometimes I can eat like a bowl of rice at nine in the morning. That makes no, no sense. I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think we're the only country that looks at breakfast that way. Pretty sure. Yeah. Like, have to be like organized. Like there's like a certain meal you have to eat. Like I don't understand. It's like sometimes it's just like you just want frozen pizza at nine in the morning. So you just throw that thing in the oven and you're good to go. Sometimes you want cereal for dinner. Like, hey. I, I think it kind of depends on what, if it is though. Like if it's like a work day, then I'll definitely eat like four eggs. And like an avocado toast or something like that. But if it's like on a, like a Saturday, I'll be like, you know what? We got trail mix. Let me just eat trail mix for, for <laughs> breakfast. Like, it kind of just yeah. depends. 
You know, trail mix for breakfast, in theory, isn't even a bad idea. I'll eat leftover pizza, but I don't know about going to the effort of preheating the oven and throwing like a Tocino's party pizza in there. Zesty Italiano. <laughs> but you've never lived, bro. You've never gotten to meet you at <laughs> 9 in the morning. Nothing but grease. Start your day off in the hole. <laughs> so I usually just on. open up the microwave and eat the one I left in there the night before on accident because I was too drunk or high. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna ask that. So, do you guys? I know there's some people that are very cautious about leaving their pizza outside of the fridge. What are your, like, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I've done two days, like two days left pizza days outside nice. of the fridge, and it's still good to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's that bad. It depends. Depend on what you get, though. If you get like Pizza Hut and all that stuff are artificial preservatives. You're good to go to leave it out for like three years and it's but the stuff is like naturally made like the shit you probably get like in like yeah homemade you got maybe a day otherwise you fuck it's it's kind of weird like i can't imagine doing that with pizza now i put like leftover chicken like popeye's chicken or something like that you if you put it in the microwave there's this thing where you think like if you put it in the microwave it's safe oh yeah and if you have it on the <laughs> counter it's not which is kind of a weird thing we do yeah I think uh, it's like only space from like maybe insects. Other than that, it's the same temperature inside or out. So it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad anyway. I went on a Chicago trip and one of our friends is known for just eating anything and everything. So we get down there on a Friday night and then Sunday as we get ready to leave, he literally reached into, and there's some people listening to this who can, who, who would remember this. He reaches into his duffel bag and he pulls out a cheese stick. <laughs> And what happened was we picked this thing up from like Arby's on our way to Chicago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And we're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? He's like, where'd you get that? And you look and it's Arby's container. You're like, what the hell? So, I mean, it could be done, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to get down here. Not with, it, not with this guy, I guess. <laughs> Dude, I lived in Chicago for about two years. And one thing I'll say is that I put on so much weight out there because I was doing nothing but like eating like deep dish pizza every day and drinking like South. And the food there is so good. If Have you place, had Pequods? Sorry, go ahead. Have you had Pequods? Yeah, dude. Like, I lived right next to, uh, I lived in right next to Grand Park, where the giant, okay, you know, yep. the, the, the giant bean is, I guess. Oh, shit. Did you really? Yeah, dude. I was there for like, there almost, almost like two years, yeah. Because I used to go to the House of Blues all the time, seriously, live music, and all of those every year. Go out there and just get belligerent and stumble back to your apartment for four days. The place sucks now. It's like if Chicago is like made for you. Go there with an like a with an MTA day or NTE day, right? You don't stay there for the rest of your life. I don't know how people can live in Chicago forever. Like the winters are fucking brutal. It's like the traffic's disgusting. The people there are like a fusion of like Boston and New York rudeness all put in one. <laughs> Facts. It's just a. It has a personality of its own. I respect it. Like Chicago earned my respect. It's its own country within a country. Do you respect his pizza? Because I, I don't, I don't Dude, think it's pizza. pizza. It's pizza, bro. It is like cake. It's a big cheese stick. That's what I think it is. I think it's, it's a nap after you grill deep dish pizza, man. That shit will hurt you. Mm, I don't really like it. Deep dish pizza is just a big ass cheese stick. That's all it is to me. It's the places who pile on like an inch and a half of marinara, like it's fucking pie mm. season, like pie stuffing, and then put cheese on top. Like I want to punch those people in the face. But for <laughs> the people who put like a thin layer of sauce. And then nothing but cheese and pepperoni, sausage and ham. And I mean, God bless them, man. Bless them. <laughs> I, I went to like a famous uh, deep dish place. I can't remember what it was. If you guys name it, then I'll probably know it. But uh, Probably Giordano's. Or yeah, maybe. One maybe of those places. Deep place? Yeah. Yeah, Giordano's. That sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's probably one of those places. There's, there's like two or three. But there's, a, there's Far East. Maybe that's a head shop in, in Grand Rapids. Something, I don't know, I don't know, whatever the case, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. For everybody listening, This that last 30 minutes of rambling, I mean, this is exactly what their podcast is, but it's a little more structured <laughs> than mine. And as you can see, it's easy listening. I guarantee you, everybody listening wanted to be part of the conversation or they laughed. And that's what it takes for me to even give a fuck about someone's podcast. So thank you for doing that. So again, guys, that's the Puzzled Mind Podcast and it's available on Apple, it's available on Spotify. I don't know where else are you guys available. We do on like Breaker, uh, TuneIn, uh, Castbox, all this other stuff. Um, no one, no me. one uses yeah. those. That's just that's just Anchor's way of making you think that they're distributing your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's just like mostly all the major platforms and Google Podcasts. I don't know if people still have that, but it's on all major podcast uh, platforms. So, do you guys have your own out. personal Instagram accounts, or you just use Puzzle Minds? Oh, we do. I mean, my Instagram podcast is uh, Neon underscore Ryzen, spelled R A I G I N. It's all cosplay stuff. You got that's like my secret. I'm like a massive, uh, secretly really into cosplay. Mine is. I don't really use mine, so I'm more active actually on my dog's Instagram. So I guess I'll plug his. It's Levi underscore L E underscore Corby. Um, and I just got him like six months ago, so I'm trying to get him uh, famous and you know pay those bills. So that's my that's what I'm probably mostly on under other than the public mind podcast. There you go. Yeah, we'll have to hook up about that that uh, cosplay. I got a few people that are really into that, and I could have used you a few years ago, but I'm not sure how useful you are to me now. Outside of Puzzle Podcast. <laughs> but we should still connect. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks. No problem. I want to thank John and Tadiwa of the Puzzle Minds Podcast for stopping by. I'm telling you guys, you really seriously need to check these guys out. Their podcasts are a great conversation. And I know we had some audio issues with Tadiwa, but when I'm listening to podcasts, I listen to them for entertainment. I also want to learn something random, typically. And if you find yourself talking to your podcast as a listener, that means it's engaging and you want to be part of the conversation. And they check all those boxes, so check them out. Coming up, the Builder's Corner segment, Jay's Rental Car of the Week, and social media Q&A. The Rental Car of the Week is sponsored by Higher Quality Detail out of Tempe, Arizona. They specialize in premium vehicle protection, solutions, and cosmetic customization as your one-stop shop. Ranging from basic detail and options through ceramic coating, paint correction, protection films, and more, visit Ceramic Pro Arizona, one word, on Instagram or www.higherqualitydetail.com. That's H-Y-E-R online and get started looking your best today. This week I have a retread and I talked about it in the opening I have an Infiniti QX60 pure all-wheel drive. So the last time I had this vehicle, it was via loaner from my local Infiniti dealership because I had my car in, my 2007 Infiniti FX35 Sport, for an oil change. And that's when they tried to hit me up for almost $400 worth of critical items that I was able to just afterwards spend $63 on parts and fix it myself. So this time around, like I said in the opening, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And first off, I'm going to complain just a little bit, just a little bit. I rent through National most of the time. And what happens is once you rent X amount of times, you start accruing free rental days. And I had four free rental days to use. And so I used them on this because the rental days always, the free days always come in handy when you're doing leisure, personal travel, not work. You're an idiot if you use free rental days when you're working. So I rent the car, rental class, premium, midsize SUV. And the picture was like, Volkswagen Atlas are similar. Volkswagen Atlases are really nice. They don't visually look as cool sometimes, but those are really nice. If you ever have an opportunity to rent one, rent one. But this time around, so I rented the car weeks in advance. I show up at the airport, car's not ready. They don't have a vehicle for me. This is a very first world complaint, by the way. I'm just like, all right, cool. Um, when are you going to have one? And they're like, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, we should have one pulled up in the next 15, 20 minutes. You just go ahead and sit down over there. We'll take care of you. You got to be on your stuff, man. Like rental companies, when you have someone coming into town, you, you need to have, if, if they've reserved it, especially if they have status, you need to have, make sure they have a vehicle available. It's just a simple thing. So status doesn't make you cooler than somebody else, but what it does mean is that you probably travel a whole lot more than the average person and you've worked your way up to get sort of a, not really VIP treatment, but it's just like, when you get airplane status, you get to go stand in the other line or when you have TSA pre-check, which isn't really status, but for the sake of this speech, that means you go to the front of the TSA pre-line. And even if the TSA agent is going back and forth, one line has 150 people in it. So you could be the 151st person in line. And then the TSA pre-check line may have 10 people in it. And now you're the 11th person in line. So that's status. That's first world. Get the vehicle. I'm looking at the keys and they go, oh, it's the QX60 down there. I'm like, fuck, I've had one of these. Because here's the thing. When I do Jay's Rental Car of the Week, the thought is, I really hope I don't get something that I've already reviewed. That's really what the thought is, even if it's something that I really like. So pick up the car, get inside, 
I'm driving around this car. I'm hating this car because no CarPlay. No CarPlay, no J. You guys know that's my motto. How any vehicle in 2020, especially a luxury SUV, doesn't have Android Auto slash Apple CarPlay integration is unforgivable. And when I'm looking at the infotainment center, it, it, it looks like an upgraded software version of my 2007. So I don't want to spend too much time on the details because since I was able to finally rent a car, I took a bunch of videos, took a bunch of pictures, and I'm going to post them up on the YouTube, hopefully within a week of this podcast airing. So if you really want to find out the ins and outs of my gripes, just go to the YouTube page when I post the link. This is going to be a very high-level review. The suspension on this thing, super soft. I remember the last time I ripped at a new asshole for not having a sport mode. I couldn't find a sport mode, at least. So I'm driving around, and it's got crazy body roll. The vehicle itself is really nice. So here's the thing. This is a nice step up for people if you're trying to get into the luxury SUV and you don't want the same thing everybody else has. The price point for this thing brand new if you want to buy one is a little bit less than the main competitors. And by main competitors, we're talking the Acura MDX, the Audi Q7. It's incredibly comfortable on the inside. It's real cushy and it's really roomy as well. You could fit seven people in there, so it's got three rows. But like any mid-sized vehicle that has the additional row in the back, if you use that row, you better hope you don't have a lot of luggage. Because it's like either you bring on the luggage or you bring on the people, but you can't bring on the luggage with the people. And that's what you get typically with a mid-sized SUV, although it's a little on the larger side for a mid-sized SUV. But something's got to give. This thing has plenty of outlets, one if not two USB-Cs, several standard USBs. People in the back have their own air conditioning, they have their own USB, they have their own whatever. Let's talk about some of the pros of this thing. If you want to buy one, it's the lowest price amongst all the you know primary competitors. And once you find the sport mode, because I found the sport mode, yes, I found that this one had a sport mode. It could be because of the trim that I had, because maybe my local dealership had a crappy one, but I have to believe that somehow I just happened to overlook the knob for sport mode. It's a different animal. Like, it actually feels kind of nice when you're driving around in sport mode. There's a lot of wind noise, which I don't think you should have in this type of vehicle. There's a lot of road noise, which I don't think you should have in this type of vehicle. But at the same time, I forgot how bad the Michigan roads are. There's not a lot of smooth roads in Michigan. In Arizona, where I live, there's not a lot of bumpy roads. So it's the exact opposite. So I, I think I can probably attribute some of that to the state. When I looked up the vent on Google, I found that somebody had previously complained of a loud crash noise. And when they opened up the, the sunroof, it had blown up on them. I don't know how that's possible. I don't, I don't know if I believe that story where you're just driving all of a sudden your, your sunroof spontaneously combusts. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. But depending on how good the repair job was, that may have been the wind noise I was hearing. Oh, another thing about this is just like I said before, the backup camera technology is terrible. It looks almost just like my 2007 car, and here we are 13 years later. It doesn't have the side mirror cameras or the bird's eye view camera. And while that sounds very first world, it's also a safety feature. And there's a lot of vehicles that have that. And if you if you're going to brand yourself as a luxury, uh, as a premium crossover midsize SUV, those are things you just have to have. $46,000, you need to have those. You need to have an upgraded infotainment center. You need to have a, a more robust rear camera. You need to have some other options for safety than, than what we saw. You know, driving it around town, it wasn't that bad. Like I said, once I found the sport mode, it was a completely different animal. But when I rented again, you know, now that I know where the sport mode is, maybe. But like I was saying before, the lack of modern smartphone you know, true usable integration makes it pretty hard to pull the trigger on for me personally. Now, if I'm picking between, there's other, there's other rental cars, there's other rental SUVs I'd rather have that I've had before, like the Ford Flex. As funny as that thing looks, it comes well equipped for creature comforts. This is what I want. The Ford Explorers always have everything you need in them. You know, the, the modern Audis, like an Audi Q7, which I've never rented, but like an Audi Q5 or a Q3. You know, there's, so there's other ones. I'll, I'll take a Jeep Grand Cherokee as a rental any day over this just because it's more for me. But I wouldn't necessarily not take it. So if it's one of the last available and they're like, you know, do you want a QX60? I'm like, eh, I can live with it. Would I buy it? I wouldn't. And I wouldn't buy it because the first thing I look at these days is the audio entertainment system. 
but I can see how many people would have interest in a vehicle like this. It's a decent luxury feel, look, and ride, and it's a solid upgrade to what most people would have on a regular basis. There's a lot of things that I want in a vehicle that other people don't want. I think I'd still rather have an Acura MDX because it's a better looking vehicle. It's not as roomy. It probably has more problems, but I think I'd take the MDX. And that is my rental car of the week. Make sure you check out the video on YouTube. Whenever I finally get around posting it, I will post it. Please pay attention. It's time for the Builders Corner segment sponsored by DressableBolts.com. Follow them at DressableBolts on Instagram and visit them at DressableBolts.com. They have titanium bolts to not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but serve as a purpose as well. Available to dress up the engine and engine bay. They have kits for your specific application. And if not, just let them know what you have and they'll make it work. Go and pay them a visit, browse a little, let them know the Hard Parking Podcast sent you. Use code HARDPARKING, one word, and save 10% today. Today's Builder's Corner guest is Wes Tankersley. Wes, welcome to the show. Jay, what's happening, man? Good to be here. Good to have you on. We've chatted back and forth eh, pretty much every day. Now, you have a Shaping Success podcast, which has absolutely nothing to do with this segment. However, you worked in the automotive industry, semi-sorta, did all sorts of stuff, tires, suspensions, and whatnot. Today... I have you on because the other day you were telling me you're installing those sidestep thingies on either your vehicle or your wife's vehicle, and that's what I want to talk about today. Yep, the old Nerf bars. I did put those on. <laughs> Nerf bars. So there's probably listeners out there. Not everybody's into cars, but more people are into cars than they think they are. So there's somebody out there with a truck, with an SUV, who wants to install these old Nerf bars, which, by the way, some of the newer trucks, I had a Ford Expedition rental once, and they came out as soon as I unlocked the door. Actually, I think when I opened the door, which is pretty cool. But there's people out there who are desperate need of this, probably, so they don't hurt themselves. Maybe you had someone in your family who maybe thought they hurt themselves on those or not without having those. Yeah, so my wife, she hurt her back. And so I'm six foot three. I've had no problem getting into the truck, but I put a leveling kit on it as well. And um, she's five five, so she was having a hard time getting in there. And she actually injured her back, she says, getting into it. So I have them on my personal work truck. And so we went and put them on her I, I had to put it, she got in my truck, she was driving it, and we decided that we were going to put them on the other truck, make it easier for her to get into it. So, And if you don't need them, they yeah. look they look kind of cool too, depending on who you are and how you think. So what's involved? So what Nerf bar kit did you get? And kind of walk us through a very high level on what somebody listening to the show who's thinking about doing it themselves, if possible, can do. Yeah, so I live in the Pacific Northwest, and you can pretty much get any of these Nerf bars anywhere, but I bought them at Les Schwab because that's where I actually used to work. Um, and the brand that I have is actually Competition Specialties brand, but they're all pretty generally the same. Uh, my truck's an 18 Silverado. And, um, you know, there, there's basically body mount bolts on the bottom up there. There is two in the front and one in the middle. So you get underneath the truck um, and you drop those three body mount bolts. And then you put the brackets underneath the washers and then, the, and then you put them back up on there. So Really, all it is is attaching three brackets, and then when you're done, there's three other bolts that go into the Nerf bars on each edge of them. They kind of wrap around underneath there. You bolt them in, tighten them down, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy. Um, they did say to torque them. One thing that I found when I got out my torque wrench was like torque the front bolt to 65 pounds, and I and it would never get there. So um, I just kind of wrenched them down with the air ratchet. I have an electric Dewalt air ratchet that I used on them and, and got them as tight as I could. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty simple. Um, I think that pretty much anyone could do them. They're pretty, they're pretty good do-it-yourselfers. So for some so. reason I'm thinking as you start this project, I'm like, okay, well, do I need jacks, jack stands? Do I need a lift? But actually you don't need that at all. As long as you have clearance underneath your vehicle, right? Or did you use jacks or jack stands and all that good stuff? Yeah, I didn't need to use jack stands. I kind of, um, you know, when I was working at the tire store, it was really nice to have a lift because if I did have a lift, I would have put them on there because it's way nice to work with things over your head instead of on the ground. But I just took a carpet, threw it on the ground, uh, made sure, cause I didn't want to scratch the nerf bars as I was getting ready to put them on. So set them down, got the brackets on there and um, I was just laying underneath it. So I think you might have clearance issues with like a, you know, like a lower to the ground vehicle, but mine's four wheel drive and quite a bit of room there. And I'm not a little guy either, so. No, you said you're you're six three. Um, it feels like it could be a two person job, that, but did you do it yourself? Yeah. So I did it myself. It might help to have two people, but you know, I've learned how to do things on my own a lot because every time you need a little helping hand. So it's definitely possible to do it. 
um, you know, when you do the, because they're long and they're, I think they're like six feet long, but you get underneath there and you can tighten one bolt in the front and just kind of let it hang there. Just get it in there tight enough. And then you can go to the other end and pull it up and put it in there. So everything's kind of loose. Um, but you can, you can suspend them without scratching anything. It's, you can, it's a one man job if you're, if you know what you're doing. And I assume that it comes with instructions because some, some things don't come with instructions and, and I'm sorry, I don't know if I caught or yours, are yours vehicle specific or are they like, okay, this is for GM general motor vehicles or Chevy vehicles from 97 to blah, 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 blah. When I popped them out of the bag, I'm just assuming that it comes with the body style. When I took them out of the bag, they were really cool or out of the box. They were cool. They had, they did have instructions in there, um, came with, you know, six bolts, washers, um, and lock washers. And they were all labeled. So like it said pink bag because the one of the Nerf bars is in a pink bag. The other one is in clear bag. Pink bag is the driver's side. Clear bag is the passenger side. So they're different for each side because they want the doors to line up with the little plates that they have mm-hmm. for you to step mm-hmm. on. And then, you know, they tell you where the bolts go, how to place the washers and everything. Um, brackets are, there's two brackets that are different and they're labeled right and left uh, in the for the middle part of the bar, which is, you know, what supports the whole thing. Well, they, they all three support it, but the middle one keeps it stable because I've seen some cheap ones where they don't have that bracket in the middle and they just, they bend and they look like crap. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and, and talking about how to install Nerf bars and how easy it is. So people out there listening, if you want to get a hold of Wes Tankersley, you can reach him at, go ahead, Wes, give him something. It's at Wes, W-E-S dot Tankersley, T-A-N-K-E-R-S-L-E-Y. On Instagram, you can check that out. I have a link tree, and that has every other place you can find me, and I am pretty much everywhere. Tell them a little bit about your podcast as well. Yeah, so my podcast is called Shaping Success, and basically I interview different individuals from different walks of life and define success for each of them because um, one of the things that I've learned over time is that success is different for everyone. You know, it could be fast cars, lots of money, um, and it could be as simple as, you know, being happy, you know, just having enough money and hanging out with your family. So, we just try to define success for each individual that we have on. We've had some really good guests. I've had a few baseball players, which is really the most exciting for me. But then there's also been, um, you know, entrepreneurs, people who have businesses. Uh, we got a great guest coming on next who has a clothing uh, brand. It's not just clothing, but it's a brand that he's working on. And I'm excited to interview him. So talk about how he created his success and what it is to him. Sounds good, Wes. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Thank you. All right. It's time for the Q&A segment sponsored by the last air brand motorsports clothing, vintage racing inspired apparel to celebrate and represent the 80s and 90s era of motorsports racing from Group B, Le Mans. IMSA, Indy, and Formula One. Follow them on Instagram at Last Era Brand, all one word, or go shopping at lastairabrand.com. Tell them the Hard Parking Podcast sent you. Let's see what we have today. Had quite a few questions submitted. I begged for them, but I'm glad you submitted them. I think this is probably my favorite segment because it gives the listeners an opportunity to ask me questions on just about anything. And if I pick your question, that means I may want to answer it. It could be super complex, which means I'm probably not going to answer it because I don't want to turn this into an entire podcast itself. And if it's super simple, I may actually answer it unless it's something I've answered a thousand times already on the podcast, which means the people asking the question probably don't even listen to the podcast to begin with. However, with all that being said, for those of you who continue to submit questions, I appreciate you. Many of you are going to hear your names over and over because you actively listen to the podcast. Or you just like submitting questions and you maybe don't listen to the podcast. Dreaming164 asked, if you bought a new NSX right now and could buy any trims ever offered anywhere, which would you get? So this means any NSX ever produced. In the U.S. market, we've only ever had technically two. We're not going to count the motor change from the 96 to 97 season if it's a manual transmission. We've only had either an NSX or a limited edition Alex Nardi edition NSX in 1999, of which they only made like 50. And we're the only ones that got them in North America, except for Zanardi getting his own. So technically, I think there's 51. Because even with the NC1 NSX, there's only one trim. For me, I would get an NSX Type S0. Not only is this the rarest NSX production NSX ever made with about 30, but it's an NA2 NSX like mine. It's also the lightest NSX. No air condition, no audio wiring. It's even lighter than the 1999 Zanardi NSX, essentially a Type S. This is a Type S0 I'm looking at. Supposedly made them from 97 to 01. 
Outside of there was like five special NSXR GT cars produced, but they were never really made publicly available, maybe now in, in the auction, but those are ones that people call the spoon NSXs. Abdruin asked, what's my opinion on hunting? Oh, I'm not going to answer this question. I didn't research it. Slow Turbo asked, what's your favorite non-alcoholic beverage when you travel? Easy. Coffee. ST and Little ST ask, when you listen to music, do you use Pandora or Spotify or your own jams on a sticker CD? Well, I used to listen to Pandora years ago. Some of you remember Pandora. Some of you think it's new. Pandora is like one of the first ones. Spotify is one of the newer ones. I used to listen to Pandora. I used to listen to iHeartRadio, but I don't listen to any of those now. The only reason I'm on Spotify is because my podcast is on Spotify. So typically I just listen to my own music. I have thousands of songs on a flash drive. I've made 12 mixed CDs that are actually really good. I'm going to toot my own horn on that because I believe in myself. And yeah, those are actually really good. And I just listen to podcasts. But sometimes you just need music. You pop in that hip hop. You pop in that that alternative rock. You pop in the electronic music. RR underscore 5.0. Our car show is going to be the same, better, or worse than before COVID. This is an interesting question because I don't think COVID has anything to do with the question in a sense. And what I mean by that is worse than before. Well, if you thought car shows were worse in the first place, then I don't think COVID is a variable that belongs on that equation, I guess. Now, are they going to be same or better? Uh, I don't know. Because one thing that we've seen around Arizona, at least, which we're the COVID hotspot because we're all a bunch of idiots. One of the big issues with our state is we just opened too early and everybody just flooded, flooded the Salt River. Um, Salt River tubing is a big attraction here and it was packed every day. As soon as they said, okay, businesses are now open. There was a famous mall on the other side of the, of the area that closed down. And like every night for a week, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars out there and thousands of people. We're just not smart. I don't know if it's a Arizona thing or it's just people in general. So I think they may be busier, but I don't know what makes them better or worse per se. 13 Martin, Martin or Artine. What car show are you missing the most due to all the cancellations this year? I sort of kind of answered this on the last podcast, but this wasn't the exact question. Um, For me, I'm going to say Monterey Car Week. I'm definitely going to say Monterey Car Week. That's one thing that I look forward to every year. It's one of the premier events, arguably the premier event in the United States outside of SEMA, but they're completely two different events. SEMA is a trade show. Monterey Car Week is a week full of just tons of car events and car candy. It's basically a video game. If you've ever played a car video game, that's Monterey Car Week. And it's something I've gone to for, what, three years in a row. And this year I'm going to miss it. Everybody's going to miss it. So just the tip ask, what impact over the next five to ten years do you think COVID is going to have? So that's Nick. So Nick, that's a good question. We live in a, a world where change like this seems temporary, unfortunately. I think it's going to change a lot of the regulations for commercial businesses. It's already, you're already seeing them take a lot more precautions. I was at the hotel this last weekend. Every door had like this little piece of paper on it. And so you broke the seal when you wanted to go in your room for the first time. And I I think it's their way of saying that the room's clean and ready for you. Although I feel like I've seen that before in the past, even before all this, but you know, there's sanitation stations everywhere. And I think this is just going to change the way that a lot of businesses are regulated and have to operate. But maybe the regulation is, whereas before you can have 130 people in the dining room, you can no longer have more than 96. I don't know, but I I feel like that's what's going to happen. And after a while, things are going to relax because just like I said earlier in this Q&A, as soon as you open stuff, people are stupid and they flock to it. So any changes, I think for us normal people, all we're going to do is complain about the changes that businesses are being forced to make. And eventually it's not even going to be an issue and it's just going to be like, just like it was last year where everybody's just doing everything all the time. Will Ellis 430 asks, are tube socks still cool? I don't know that they ever were technically, but it all depends on who you are, what your fashion sense is, what kind of subculture you're living in. When I was a kid, my dad always wore tube socks, but he wore the kind you pulled them up. He had the ones with the stripes on them, the colored uh, bands, I guess. I remember having those as a little kid, but there's a lot of cultures that wear the white ones now with the longer shorts, shoes, these big, huge shirts. And that's a thing. That's a thing in some of these subcultures around the car community, around the gang community. And I don't want to piss anybody off. 
So if it's cool to them, it's cool for me. It's just not my thing. Devilish Ram asks, and this is a good question. The tube sock question was kind of stupid. Throwing that one away. Get out of here. So Devilish Ram asks, why do people have such strong feelings about vehicles they will never buy anyways? This is good. I love this question. And the reason why I like this question, because it's so true. And I don't even think you can just leave it to vehicles. But as soon as something's new announced, especially in cars, like, that's so stupid. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? You know, people hate the Supra when it came out. And they're selling like hotcakes, I assume. But most of the people who hate them were never planning on buying them to begin with. Some people wanted to buy them, and I get it. Probably that car more more than any, so that's probably a bad uh, bad example. Let's take the new NSX. There's people who hated those cars when they were announced, but most of the people who hated those cars never planned on buying them to begin with or can't even afford them. But everybody wants to have an opinion. Everyone thinks their opinion matters. Everyone is, a, is entitled to their opinion. But it is a little annoying when someone's trying to have an argument with you about something that, number one, they've never seen, number two, they've never driven, number three, they'll probably never drive, number four, they're never going to buy to begin with because it's just not their taste. It's like, get out of here. But I think it's just because people feel like they they need to be heard. It's narcissistic, I guess. It's a narcissistic approach in thinking that everyone thinks that your opinion matters. It doesn't. It sounds negative, but guess what? It doesn't. Now, I've had people reach out to me with the new NSX back when it first came out privately that have adult money and ask me what my thoughts are, if I think they should hold out for it because they have a deposit on it. You know, and those are the type of people that you know could buy it. And they're the ones that don't even say anything. They just reach out and ask people who are in the know or people who already have it. God bless them. Wes Tankersley, who you heard earlier. That's right. Builder's Corner guy, Wes Tankersley, who installed the Nerf bars, sent in a question. What is your favorite album of all time? This is a good question. It's a torturous question, especially if you really like music. Like, if you're not just stuck in one silo of music. Now, my wife says I don't really like all kinds of music, but she's wrong. I like all sorts of music. And anybody who really knows me knows I listen to everything. I listen to a lot of older stuff, though, to be fair. But I think most of you also do. And if there's something new that comes out that I like, I'll tag the song immediately and I'll just go buy it. If it's on the radio, chances are I won't buy it because I'm going to hear it every five seconds. But I've thought about this. And I feel like that music is a soundtrack to your life, so it's really difficult Like, it all depends on what you were doing at the time. You know, we associate a lot of our music with memories. So I thought about this. U2 Joshua Tree, to me, seems like an album that I remember really liking a lot. And sometimes you think you love the album, but it's really like two or three songs. But I feel pretty comfortable in saying that most of that album, because very few albums start to finish are just like, you don't want to just skip to the next song. But I would have to say U2 Joshua Tree, Paul Oakenfold's Transport, I've listened to that probably 300 times driving back and forth from Michigan to Texas, Machiavelli Seven Day Theory, Ice Cube's Death Certificate, and DJ Tiesto in Search of Sunrise Volume 3, Panama. I can't pick one, but if I had to pick four or five, those would be the ones. The Limitless Production asks, what are your thoughts on who wins the NBA championship this season? This year, technically, is what he said is, you know, people have talked about that, and it's definitely, you know, is it an asterisk season? Is it an asterisk season for all sports? Because I think what the NBA is going to fire up any day now, and they're talking about doing like this little mini, almost like a, almost like a March Madness style tournament where play, and then you go like I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's a good question because we a lot of us forget about the strike seasons, like the Houston Rockets, they won in strike season. The San Antonio Spurs won in a shortened season. Um, I don't I don't know if it really counts. Because it's all about momentum. Not as much as baseball, which you you know, because I know you. Baseball is really a momentum sport. You just get on that roll. But basketball is, I guess I don't have any thoughts at all. This year is just blown. last thing I'm caring about anymore is sports. Unless I do college football. <laughs> last question, Brian727, who's been on the podcast many times in the past when we talked about ESPN's The Last Dance docuseries about the Chicago Bulls from 1997-1998. He asks, what is the worst car you've driven or owned? I'm going to have to say it's that Jeep Cherokee Sport 2000 because that's one where I got kind of uh, I got kind of tricked into buying it. I went to a five-star dealership, and though I bought it off the rental car lot, you want to trust that the five-star dealership is legit five-star. 
But what I found out that once I bought the car, a month later it rained for the first time and I came out of work from the hospital at 11.30 at night getting off my shift as a radiology supervisor. Not that it matters, but for the story. Getting off in my shift at 11.30 at night, it had been raining. I go to sit in my car and I'm like, what the hell? The seat was soaked and wet. What I found is the windshield leaked bad. The windshield had a bad leak. They sold me a car with a leaky windshield, but what are you going to say a month and a half later? Hey, man, this car I bought from your used car lot that you tricked me because you photoshopped all the pictures and there's no rust in the pictures and the bumpers are black in the pictures, although they're like gray because they're so old now. That thing has a leaky windshield. They're not going to care. And so I decided to look around the car the next weekend and kind of see what else is wrong with it. And I'm underneath the car and I'm just like, okay, I got all this rust and I see this thing, like this gray thing. I'm like, what is this? And I touch it and it's soft. It like pushes up. I go, what the fuck? I said, oh, hell no. So I opened up my door and I reach underneath. So now I'm sitting up looking in the car and I reach underneath the car and find that soft spot and I push it and the floor mat moved. I moved the floor mat and there's a hole. Like there's a hole in my car. There's a hole in the floor of the car that I just bought 45 days ago. So from that point, I just hated the car. I ripped all the carpet out. I bought some sheet metal, bought a rivet gun. I cleaned up all the rust area. I put this stuff on it that's supposed to prevent it from spreading. And I riveted a new panel on there. And then I bought a new carpet kit and I put all the carpet. I actually pulled all the carpet out and fixed all the stuff around. They had more spots around the car, around the Jeep. Um, but yeah, I've never liked that vehicle. The ride was shitty. It looked good. Had a lift kit on it. But the ride was shitty. And it was that Jeep where just one wheel spins. The two rear wheels never spun. Just the one. And when you put it in all-wheel drive mode, it made this super loud noise like the car was getting ready to fall apart. So I just drove around with it with the one wheel. And then my son got, uh, he started going to driving school. So I sold the car. I was like, all right, this kid's going to kill himself. That's it. Thank you guys for your Q&A. If you have any questions you want read on the Q&A segment, just go ahead and email hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram and I will add it to an episode. Guess it's time for the wrap up on the show. Once again, I want to thank Puzzled Minds Podcast for coming on. You can reach them at Puzzled Minds Podcast on Instagram. I want to thank Wes Tankersley for stopping by on the Builders Corner segment. You can reach him at Wes.Tankersley. All that will be in the show description. If you want to support the podcast, my podcast, not theirs. If you want to support their podcast, you can subscribe to them and check them out. I strongly encourage you. If you want to support this podcast, make sure you subscribe. You can also, like, literally support it. And the details for as little as 99 cents a month, that's three cents a day. You can become a contributor, and I'd love you for it. I really do. If you want to pick up some merchandise, we have a Teespring page. Go to Teespring. There's a link in the episode description. You want to follow me on Instagram? It's na2nsx and j travels j h a e underscore travels. My personal account, podcast account, whatever. This podcast is sponsored by NSX Channel on Instagram. Also, our section sponsors: Quia Automotive, DressUpBolts.com, Higher Quality Detail. Last but definitely not least, Last Era Brand Motorsports Clothing. You want to reach me? You can hit me up at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Hard Parking Media, Twitter, Hard Parking Pod. Please follow, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast outlet. This is available everywhere. I can't grow without your help. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Have a wonderful one. Catch you next time. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore.